just even say, hey, it's been too long. And you can even say, I was listening to a podcast where someone said I should really do this and I've been meaning to and just been held back because I felt awkward about it. And uh, I think by and large, you're going to really enjoy uh, what happens. Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo. And every episode, we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Own Your Awkward. We are going to get so awkward in a couple minutes. Uh, I am just honored and excited to have Ruben Schwartz here today. And Ruben is the founder and CEO of Memorun. It's a not your typical CRM uh, software, which I have been using lately and loving. And we're going to hear about that after we hear about it's awkward. So make sure you check out all this stuff because it's a completely different way of looking at things. He is also the host and the chief nerd of the Sales for Nerds podcast. Uh, Ruben, how are you? Thanks for being here today. I'm great, Andy. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, just for our listeners, Ruben and I met, what, maybe six or seven months ago, a little this last year at the NLV conference hosted by the amazing Sarah Elkins and uh, just hit it off. And I've learned, I'm so grateful for everything I've learned from you, the guidance, the challenges. It's been, it's been fun. Awesome. Yeah, Sarah's great. Uh, she's also been a guest on my podcast and uh, just uh, it was wonderful to meet her and you and so many other cool people in person. That was my first in-person business trip in like since before COVID. Ah, wow. That was well, I'm pleasure to have been on that one with you then because it was it was great. Uh, so so Ruben, I, I'm curious. I, I always like to kind of just start out with something a little different. And I'm, I'm wondering what's the most positive thing you see going on in the world right now? I think there's a ton of good stuff that happens and we tend to accentuate the bad stuff, especially in the media. Mm -hmm. It's what sells. And I think to be fair, there's a lot of pretty bad stuff happening that we should actually be like keeping an eye on and trying to fix. But at the same time, there's a lot of great stuff happening that maybe doesn't make the headlines the same way. And it doesn't invite the same vitriol and all that online but every day there are good people doing good things for each other, helping each other out, pushing the world forward and in a good direction. And I think sometimes it's easy to to think that it's all doom and gloom because that's what we're supposed to be thinking according to the the sort of crazy echo chamber that that we live in in the modern world. Right. Yeah, I, I love that you that you are noticing that it's it, there is good. It just isn't getting called out. And it's it's everyday people doing all sorts of stuff. One of the best things for me, my family uh, insisted on getting a dog during the pandemic. And oh. everyone made a lot of promises, as they usually do, about who is going to take turns taking care of the dog. And let's be very clear. This is my dog. <laughs> um, mm. and, and so I don't always appreciate that when I'm, you know, out walking her when it's 105 degrees or it's sleeting or whatever. But one thing I notice is when I'm out walking with my dog, the world is generally pretty good. Like she's having a great time smelling things. I'm waving and saying hi to neighbors and people driving by and all kinds of stuff that that's very different than my world behind this screen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I'm very grateful that she's napping over here right now uh, to have this this wonderful dog who helps me see some of the good stuff going on. I love that perspective that just 
having the companion by your side forces you for one thing to, to go take those walks where you it's easy for us right. to throw that out the window and go oh, i i got all this stuff to do i can't take the walk today yep. and the dog needs the walk you have to take the dog out you can't say no to that yeah absolutely unless you're my kids <laughs> right then <laughs> it becomes dad's dog yep right i love that well, Ruben, uh, the world wants to know. We got you here. We got to find out what's your awkward thing. What's that thing you've had to own in order to live this awesome life you're living? Well, we only have a, a limited amount of time, so we can't go into the full list, Andy. But right. I think probably the thing that that stands out for me and my story and that will probably be pretty amusing to people listening is I was a sales and marketing consultant for Fortune 500 companies. And I was pretty good at helping them with their sales and marketing. And I was absolutely freaking horrendous at my own sales and marketing. Mm, okay. And I made this worse in, in a way that I think is funny and really relates to a lot of the work you do. I realized that I'm, I need help. I'm not good at this stuff. That's fine. But aha, I'm getting paid good money to sit in rooms with some of the top sales and marketing people on the planet. So all I have to do is like take good notes and do what they do, right? I just have to copy them. Right. It seemed like a good play. It It was an absolute disaster. Like I just made it worse because I wasn't those people. Mm. I was trying to show up as someone else instead of showing up as me. Mm. And it was just, oh, it's, it was brutal. And it actually informs my whole mission now, which is helping people who are not sales and marketing people, right? They're consultants They're They do their thing that they do to help their clients. And they often don't really like the sales and marketing piece of what they do, right? As, as you right. might be familiar with. And like me, they often go through the thought process of, oh, I've got to learn to be like a salesperson. I've got to learn to be a slick marketer and all that. And I'm like, no, you don't show up as yourself, hopefully a professional, helpful version of yourself. Um, and, and things will be good. But I spent years trying to impersonate, uh, you know, a Fortune 500 sales rep, if you will. Right. And and that was just like shooting myself in the foot. Like I was obviously inauthentic. So people are like, hey, what's going on? People mm-hmm. just have a barrier when you show up and you're sort of got a facade. People can tell you're hiding something. And for me, it was just my awkwardness. Like I wasn't trying to do anything bad. Right. But people can pick up on that 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 mask mm-hmm. and they think there's something shady going on because you're not being true to yourself. And secondly, I, it was exhausting for me to try to like be someone that I wasn't. And third, it wasn't very effective anyway. Like it was much more effective for me to show up and be like the dorky, excited engineer. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about what you got going on. How 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 is everybody? And then get into problem solving mode, which is kind of where I live. And lo and behold, that's much more fun, much easier, more effective. People are like, oh, okay, I understand you, Ruben. Like you're not hiding who you are. Yeah. Now I, in a second, I want to ask you about what this turned into, but I'm curious, was there um, a moment that made you realize you had that disconnect where you're, you're taking your notes from the meetings and you're like showing up going, I'm going to be the fortune 500 guy. And then was there just a, a, you know, was it a compilation of, you know, rejection after rejection or, or, or was there one moment where someone said something and you went, ah, I'm doing it wrong. You know, I would like to think that I was smart enough to like observe what is so painfully obvious now. 
<laughs> but no, it was like the fish in the fishbowl, like asked to describe the water. I just, it was just like I was too immersed in it. And it, it was more like somebody described this to me. It's not, not necessarily a light switch. It's more like a dimmer switch. And like gradually you get enlightened. And you're like, wait a second. This is my company. I can do things the way I want to do them. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that sometimes I would sort of forget that I was in a sales call, if you will. It's like, oh, Ruben, you got to meet Andy. You and Andy would really hit it off. And I think he needs your help, blah, 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 blah. And you'd go and just talk and have a great time. And then good things would happen. And the next thing you know, you're sending a proposal and you're doing a fun project and blah, 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 blah. And there were other things where I was like, you know, pulling out my my bookshelf here, had all these sales books, you know, 10 ways to be a top 10 sales rep and all that stuff. And, you know, 19 objection handling techniques. And I was like, be re furiously reviewing and thinking, oh, I got to like overcome this and convince them of that and whatever. Um, and those were painful and, and sucked. And there was one meeting I had, I remember, where I was out to dinner with a prospect and we were just having a great time chit chatting. And then at one point I accidentally kind of like shifted into sales mode and the whole conversation, it was like the record scratch happened. Oh, yeah. And, and that was as close as like one light bulb moment. I was like, right. well, wait a second. Like, I know I was trying to like do the right thing, but I just kind of ruined it. <laughs> like, like why did I do that? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's where we find the lessons, right? Like we have that situation happen and if we're aware enough, even even if we don't catch it in the moment, at least afterwards we can say, okay, well, next time I won't do that. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing that I have loved about working with you and your approach and with Memorin. It's I, I love the E in your your acronym, your mega acronym. And it and if not to give away your your secret sauce here, but it's please easy. give it away. Easy. Uh, you know, Ruben has a mega acronym to help you remember. How your sales process should be and, and i'm butchering here but but tell us about that because i think it really relates to what you've developed from your journey well okay so let me see if i can recontextualize this as briefly and helpfully as possible i talked earlier about like those really fun meetings where i didn't feel mm -hmm. like i was selling anything right maybe it's a perfect referral or it was a great client saying hey ruben we want to do the other division now kind of thing and then contrast that with the really like arduous slog up the mountain with little oxygen and right. all that, right? And what I realized was usually the easy ones were great fit clients, great fit prospects. So it was just a matter of like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to solve this problem together. And the ones that were arduous were, were not necessarily because they were bad people or I was a bad person. It just wasn't the right fit. Right. And I knew because I help my clients with this all the time. It's like, let's get really specific about who your ideal customer is, mm -hmm. because those are the ones that, you know, they're going to buy quickly and they're going to pay full price and blah, 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 blah. Right. And of course they would say, well, we've got, you know, 18 different segments that we serve and we, we have to serve all of them and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, when it came to my own business, like a lot of us, I was like, but I'm a special snowflake. Like I don't, I have many niches. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and all of your simple programs won't work for my super complicated, unique thing that absolutely done anywhere, right? Nobody has ever had a business like this before. Um, and so, I, and I knew I was doing this because I'm a, you know, I like to think I'm this rational person and I couldn't figure out why I was having so much trouble actually getting over it. And I realized later that 
you know, it's kind of like they talk about the lizard brain, which isn't really a thing, but there's like, there is a sort of a more primitive brain and there's our cortex. And it's very hard to use your cortex to get out of a problem that's lower in your brainstem. Sure. And I think for a lot of us, we have this fear as we get tighter with our niche that we're missing out on opportunities, people we could serve, maybe people we have served in the past. And that's like a lizard brain problem. It's not a cortex problem. Because rationally, we know, hey, there's still thousands of people in this super focused niche, and I can never serve all of them, even right. if I live to be 200, right? Like, it's not a problem, but mm -hmm. the lizard brain doesn't like missing out. And so the way I tricked my lizard brain was to say, rather than a small versus large market, do I want my sales and marketing to be easy or hard? Uh, and well. so the idea is, well, of course, we want it to be easy, right? Most of us don't like extra challenges with sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I, I feel myself get, getting that lizard brain tingle of missing out, I'm like, well, wait a second. I think I'm making sales and marketing harder for myself. And that's another lizard brain issue, right? Like I hate that. Yeah. I want to make it easy. So the lizard brains can battle it out and leave the cortex to do its thing. That's the, the E part of mega. And the idea is to use quote unquote mega positioning as a lever to do a lot of the sales and marketing work for us. So M is for magnetic. And the challenge here is when you have a magnet, we want to sort of attract everybody and not push anyone away. And that doesn't work. Magnets have two poles that are the same strength. So if you want to really powerfully attract your ideal clients, you have to kind of let everyone else know that they need to go down the hall. They need to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And we don't like to do that, right? That's a lizard brain saying, well, but I could help them. Um, but there's plenty of people for us to help if we attract our ideal clients and we can't attract them powerfully without pushing the, the folks away. And then the other benefit of this, which kind of goes into the whole sales thing that I was having so much struggle with is a lot of those conversations were conversations I never should have been in. Mm. Like it should have been obvious that, that we weren't a fit before we were even got on each other's calendars. Mm. Or if we had the initial meeting, okay, great. Five minutes in, we're not a good fit. I suggest you talk to so-and-so instead yeah. of, you know, three meetings later, sometimes getting on an airplane and going and blah, 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 blah. Um, so how do you do this? That's where G comes in. G means gorilla, 800 pound gorilla. And as a solo person, we often think, well, I'm not the 800 pound gorilla, right? I'm the tiny little ant right. watching out for the 800 pound gorillas. That's because we're playing on their field. We want to define our market so that we can be the 800 pound gorilla within it, right? Even if there's only 10 people or hundred people or a thousand or some small, relatively small number of people in that market, if we are the 800 pound gorilla in it, we're the natural choice. And that's kind of a good way for you to know, have I established a market of the right size to make things easy, right? Is there a market where I'm the 800 pound gorilla? If not, you got to go tighter. Mm. Sure. And then A, which maybe should stand for awkward, like that would be kind of fun for this conversation, but it, it like for me, it stands for authentic. And part of that is, is being awkward, right? Like, cause right. everyone has different levels of awkward, maybe me more than some, but everyone has some awkwardness and we can't get rid of that. One of the things that I screwed up was trying to be so polished, like sort of like this, uh, I don't know, Hollywood version of a sales rep. Like I wasn't going to be unethical, but I was going to be smooth and like not too emotional, not too awkward for lack right. of a better term. Right. In mm -hmm. other words, totally unlike myself. And so, <laughs> so get into the meetings and it's like, how can they relate to some 
somebody who's got a facade on. When there's no person, right? you if, get a genuine personality, you don't right. even you have to show up as authentic, right? So I was trying to show up as what I thought a sales rep was supposed to show up like, a conscientious one, like someone who is genuinely trying to help their their clients and all that. Not not like the used car salesman or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but but somebody I was not. Mm-hmm. And so I realized later when I like let myself actually show up, people could talk and have a good time. And the people who like talking to me and hanging out with me who would mesh well with me would say, hey, Ruben, this is great. Really enjoyed, blah, blah, blah. I want to work with you etc. People who don't like me, well, gosh, imagine worst case scenario, I win that deal. And then we have to work together for a few months. Right. Right. Like that's a disaster. Right. Yeah. And that's such a good point because if we're chasing things that are not the best fit, the reward is now you're working with something that's not the best fit. And that's not easy. That's not fun. It's more work. It, the whole thing is, is just, it's better if you click and then work becomes fun. Absolutely. You know, one thing that I think has been interesting, at least for myself, learning this, this approach, one, the first thing was that, I don't know why A was always the hardest one for me to remember when I'm going through, wait, what's the acronym? I'm like, oh, that's right. Authentic. Cause I, I want to go to awkward or whatever, but it's like, oh no, that's, that should be the easy part. But one of the things that's been the most difficult has been to, to unlearn how complicated we try to make things like, I'm, like even explaining to people what Memrun does and the approach of having like, like you always say, you have conversations and good things will happen. Like it should be that simple. And when I'm going through it myself, it's like, wait, I just need to stop overcomplicating all the things to put into the process or all the stuff. Just talk to people, see if we fit and move along one way or the other. When I think that the two-step process is figuring out exactly who you want to talk to. Right. Right. And and, and then true. have the conversations because I think there's a lot of us who kind of go through this phase of, okay, gosh, I need to go meet a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And I know they're not all going to be prospects or referral partners, but I just need to meet as many people as I can because I don't know enough people. Right. Right. And then you have a whole bunch of unproductive meetings that you're sort of like even subconsciously trying to force to be productive. Yeah. And, and it's just like, this sucks. And then you don't want to do it, right? It's like going to the gym and you don't enjoy the gym versus if you can get, even if you're not perfectly dialed in, you get like some notion, the more you're dialed in, the more high quality those conversations are going to be not necessarily with prospects, but just people like, Oh, um, you know, you also work with so-and-so type of folks. Um, what do you think about blah, 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 blah. And, and before you know it, you're having fun because you have a shared interest and you have a shared mission. And, you know, I like to think of it, you're kind of touching different parts of the same elephant. If you're, if you're helping the same audience, you have got similar philosophies, et cetera. And the tighter that positioning is, the more you're going to have those fun conversations as an introvert. This was the mind blowing thing for me because I used to I was trying to impersonate a sales rep. So I would force myself to like get on the phone and call people and all. And it was like, oh, and it like headaches and neck tension and all that stuff. Painful. Literally painful. And now it's like, I spend most of my day on Zoom or on the phone with people. And generally speaking, I have a blast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there are people that I like talking to mostly right if they're not then i just don't talk to them anymore but i but i'm very comfortable being able to say hey we're we're not going to talk anymore um because i know there's other people for me to talk to right yeah when it's just like oh i haven't done anything for business development and someone gave me this one referral that's kind of not a great referral but i feel like i gotta go pursue it right mm-hmm. that's where we get awkward if i may say yeah, so fair so 
So when you when you kind of discovered, you know, that dimmer switch was coming on and all of a sudden the light is happening and you're you're stepping into this authentic, easy, easier way to work. How quickly was that transition? Was there like, a, oh, I'm now I'm just stepping out here or was it oh, this got a little better? This got a little better. You know, it's so simple, but it took me years. Mm. And in my mission now, like it took me years. And then I realized that I wasn't alone in this. There's a lot of us who kind of end up in this position. And I realized that in some ways I was part of the problem. I was part of the sales and marketing industrial complex that sells to big companies. And I like to think, you know, does a good job, but sort of creates the, it's kind of like the media landscape we talked about in the beginning. Like, oh, if you have sales and marketing problems, here's how you handle it. Right. And, and that's not necessarily true. It's not that it's wrong. It's just, if you try to take that advice and apply it to a solo business, or even a small business, it's gonna not just be frustrating, it's it's gonna be counterproductive, right? It's like, hey, here are the steps to, to go into the grocery store. Step one isn't like roll your space shuttle to the launch pad. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what a lot of the, the sales and marketing advice is about. And you're right, it's like, we make it way more complicated than it needs to be. And as an engineer who's introverted, who doesn't like sales, this was like music to my ears. I was like, <laughs> let's get things complicated. Let's have fancy marketing automation and all this crap. So I don't have to talk to people, right? Like that was, I thought that was the Holy grail. Mm -hmm. And I realized after a long time that no, I just want to have fun conversations with the right people and then good things are going to happen. And I'm actually going to enjoy myself and it's going to create a virtuous cycle. Right. So so how how has this affected your life? I mean, outside of obviously it's made the conversations easier, but has it made it possible to close sales? Has that has the whole pro has the end become better? Has has are you less stressed at home? Like how do, how does just being yourself make life different for you? Gosh, I mean, you would probably have a better list than me, but I can think just off the top of my head. Yes, it's much more effective for sales, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you allow yourself not just to show up as who you are for the conversations, but to show up as yourself in your positioning and mm -hmm. be real clear on your website, your LinkedIn, whatever other online presence you have and with your referral partners, right? Like here's exactly the kind of people that, that I help and why, right? So it's very easy for them to say, oh, you should talk to Andy. You shouldn't talk to so-and-so, the head of IBM or whatever, right? Like that's not gonna be a good fit for you. So, so that makes all that easier. And then like getting to the end of the day and thinking, gosh, I'm, I'm kind of energized. Like yeah. that was fun. So now I got to go walk the dog. I got to, got to make dinner for my kids. I got to hang out with my wife. I got to do all these other things instead of like, oh my gosh, right. like, I hate this. Right. I'm in a bad mood when I go, uh, you know, pick up my kids from school or something like that. Um, instead being in a, in a generally, a, I like to think generally good mood. You can maybe ask my family if that's really true, but I think it's, it's definitely better with this mindset. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love that. Cause how often do we hear about, you know, relationships eroding or family life being stressful because we have given the best part of our energy from our day to our jobs. You know, we get up, we get out the door early. Some of us might hit the gym in the morning, but we've done all those things and then by the time it gets to be five o'clock and we deal with a commute and we get home and then it's chores and expectations and time that we would like to think if, if we sat down and said, what are your values and priorities? You'd say, I want to spend time with my family. I want this to be the most important part of my day. 
but just out of the nature of how we're living, sometimes we've zapped all of that. So to hear you say that you finished that part of your day and instead of bringing you down, it's built you up. And now you're like, wow, what's next? You know, I think that's- especially for an introvert, it's crazy. Right? right. And it's very different than what it used to be because I used to have that like pain in my neck and like, Arr. yeah. And and I think that's, that's important too, that you do mention being an introvert because I have a lot of introverts that listen. One of the most common things I've had people say is being introverted has been something they've had to, you know, find a way to work with as they're awkward. And so a lot of times we see someone out there having success or especially in sales where you think, oh, they must be extroverted. That must be their mm-hmm. thing because, you know, your personality is not tied to where you're getting that charge. And so it's, it's, it's not easy to tell sometimes who's pulling from where. Yeah, I think that's so true. And that was a struggle that I went through for a long time. I was like, oh, I got to be like sort of that like ex-football player, extrovert, glad-handing, mm-hmm example of a, a salesperson and that's exhausting because that's not who i am and uh, i mean like trade shows were just the worst and uh, just terrible right it totally zapped my energy and all that sort of classic introverted way but i thing is i have way more conversations now than i did then mm-hmm. but i'm doing it intentionally and more or less on my terms and i think mo- what i realize is there's sort of this this notion that conversations zap introverts energy and they feed extroverts energy. I don't think that's true. I think the wrong kind of conversations in the wrong settings zap anyone's energy. We just have different notions about what that means when you're introverted or extroverted. And if you're introverted, it's kind of like the golden age right now, because we've got zoom, we've got all these technologies, CRMs, et cetera, to like help you have conversations on your terms. Yeah. Yeah. And well, speaking of CRM, Let's hear a little bit about Memorin. Uh, you know, when we met, it was an interesting just observation because you you gave a presentation about positioning at NLV and about how to kind of position yourself. I got to be a guinea pig and get picked on a little bit in that situation, which which was um, good for me. I was like, oh, don't say my name. Don't pick me. But <laughs> it was really good that that happened. Uh, you know, Sarah knows the room really well. And she's like, Andy could use help on this. I'm like, oh, oh. like thank you. But. No, thank you. But um, but it was funny because I had it in my head, like, here's Ruben, this engineer kind of guy. He's built this techie thing. So I'm picturing someone who's focused on the technical side, the behind the scenes, the IT. And yet you're just a whiz at the sales process. So that blew me away when you're like leading the conversation on how to approach sales. And that's one thing that has been such a benefit from knowing you and and that Memorand, it from my perspective, it's designed to, it's almost designed from a techie engineer aspect to drive sales and, and not just track activity. And it's so hard to explain to people when I tell them I'm working with the software. I'm like, well, does it do this? Does it do this? I'm like, well, it's not really for that. It's it's for this. And uh, so I'd love to hear you explain, share about it, tell us how you got there and what it's the the best parts of it. Well, clearly I need to be doing a better job of my own messaging, right? If I'm not empowering people like you to describe it in a way that's compelling to other people, like the, I'm not doing something right. So anyone listening right now should probably stop because obviously I'm I'm not good <laughs> at practicing this. Not at all. Um, but I think yeah, for a long time, I, I started building tools to plug into a CRM because I thought the problem with the CRMs I was using was that they lacked certain things I needed. Like I wanted to know when people were reading my proposal, I wanted to have a better way to get leads off my website and so on. And, and 
I figured I was just not using the CRMs right. And then I was telling some folks about what I had built and they were like, that sounds really cool. Can I have that? So I took this little thing that I had built for myself and I turned it into an app, which was a fun thing for a techie like me to do. And then people started saying, I really love Mimarin. It's simple. It's easy. It does what it says. And I hate my CRM. Can you just make Mimarin do the CRM stuff too? And of course I said, no, that's, that would be absurd. Um, <laughs> the world doesn't need another CRM. And if it did, I'd be the last person who should build it. Cause I hate CRMs, right? I've tried dozens of them and I hate them all just to varying degrees. And they were like, that's why you should do this. And eventually I was like, I remember I was sitting trying to do something with a tool that shall not be named that <laughs> just seemed like it should be really easy. And it, it just wasn't. And I was like, you know, I just want an easy way to stay in touch with people and have good conversations with people. Like it shouldn't be this hard. Right. And again, really obvious in hindsight to see that CRMs are built as a general product category. They're built for the VP of sales to keep track of the sales team. Right. And that the extra level of irony for me was I knew how bad they were at this because as a consultant, we pulled data out of the CRMs and it was generally kind of crappy because the reps would put in the minimum amount of data while they ran their actual business off of a spreadsheet or something. Right. And, and they would like copy and paste some stuff in right before the deal would close. And that doesn't mean that CRMs are bad or that the VP of sales wanted to keep track of the sales team are bad. Like that's a perfectly natural thing to want to do. Mm -hmm. But and again, I was just too close to it to see like this is why whenever I used a CRM, and I'm sort of like acting as the VP of sales and the sales rep and the marketing analyst and the chief marketing officer. And I'm doing all of this in my spare time and I hate all of it. Right. So mm. like, this is just like adding misery to something at an extra degree of difficulty that I just don't want. So the idea for me is just like, let's make it as easy as possible to have good conversations with the right people and if someone says, hey, this sounds great. Can we work together? Make it really easy to send them a proposal and, and make all that part really easy all the way through e-signature. And then a lot of what we were talking about earlier about the mega positioning, one of the things I realized people were having trouble with the lead magnet piece of the tool, right? How to get leads from their website. And they didn't say, I have no idea who my ideal client is. That's, the, you know, they were too close to it like me, but I, I realized- I'm raising my hand. That was me where I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. Like someone who needs a speaker to come talk to him. Right. <laughs> How bad is that? <laughs> right. Well, it's not, it's not necessarily that it's bad, but it makes it really hard to create something compelling because it just sounds like everything else right. as opposed to showing up as you for yeah. your ideal client and then being able to give your unique perspective. And what was funny is kind of like with me, if you would sit down and chat with these people, especially after a drink or two, like, it was amazing. Like they had all these cool stories and it could tell you exactly why the folks they helped, why they were in so much trouble beforehand because the normal approaches didn't work for them and so on. And then they came in and they did blah, 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 blah. And then you go to their website or you ask them to create a lead magnet. And it's all like, you know, we are here to give you excellent service and exceed your expectations. And so um, that's where the idea of having that, that mission and positioning wizard came from. And I, I think it's the only CRM that has something like that because usually the VP of sales says, here's your positioning, right? Here are your talking right. points. But when it's your business, you have to slash get to come up with that yourself. So the idea is if we can do that, then everything else gets exponentially easier mm -hmm. and more fun and so on. And if we don't do a good job with that, everything gets exponentially harder. 
And I spent years doing it the hard way, which was not a good idea. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't enjoy sales and marketing being hard. I want it to be easy. So let's make it really easy. And then I think something else that that's kind of fun for, especially for the solo crowd is I like to think of us as we're solo, but we don't have to be alone. Mm-hmm. So you can connect with other users like Andy and I are connected on our dashboards. Right. So I can see how many conversations is Andy having this week and how many am I having? And it's just kind right. of like having a little workout buddy to just encourage you when you're teetering on the edge of going to the gym, like, well, crap, Andy's ahead of me. Right. And there is something to that because there are times where I open up the dashboard and it's like, oh, I don't have anything logged in, but I know I've had conversations and just that is enough. But once I get into logging them, I'm putting the information there that I do need to have. Because normally I have this little notebook and I'm putting my um, my conversations in the notebook, but then you change notebooks, you know, once you fill it up or you've got to go through randomly and figure out what day did I have that conversation with that person. And this way I can go up, I can click on Ruben, I can see, oh, we talked here, we can talk here. And if I try to remember what was that thing that we talked about, you know, what was the circumstances surrounding this thing? What were we going to do with it? I can search and go find. Yeah that topic and be like, that's what I, that was supposed to be my next step. And I, I may have forgotten it, but it's there. Yeah. And you probably have better handwriting than me. Like I still have a little black notebook and a lot of my notes end up there, but at the end of the day, I sweep them into the system so that one, I can just read them later and then being able to search them and make sure I have my to-dos captured. You know, it takes me a few minutes at the end of the day, but it saves me hours and hours and who knows how much money because I haven't like let something just disappear. Mm -hmm. And then I notice also that I think I go to bed easier because all those things like, Hey, did I remember blah, 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 blah. Right. Right? It's like, I know that I've, I've gone through and processed things and, and put things on my to-do list or or whatever I need to do. Yeah. And, and that is the thing. It's, it lowers your stress level because you have this companion that's, that's kind of keeping you on track. And the best part is I'm not going to forget to call that person back because when when I'm supposed to, it pops up and it says, hey, you're supposed to talk to these people in the next week. You look at your agenda or you you know, you know can either look at what's ahead or you just see, oh, here's today's list. So I got to get that on the calendar if I didn't already have it set. So I know that it won't be that situation where, oh, crap, I was I, I meant to talk to Ruben, but it's been it's been six months and I, I meant to talk to him after a month. Right. Whatever we were working on. And now now the follow up fell through on my end because that's the thing that I'm the worst at. So it's it it's really like having, uh, you know, that kind of personal assistant nudging you, keeping you on track at the same time. That's awesome. That, that makes me happy to hear that. That's the whole idea. And <laughs> I think for most of us, it's like we have like we, we like to think we make it really hard and complicated, like, oh, I couldn't possibly do all the sales and marketing stuff. But most of us who are good at serving clients, like that is what you need to do the sales and marketing effectively if you channel that expertise and energy in the right way. And I know I spent years chasing my tail and trying to do other things instead of let me just teach instead of market and help instead of sell and connect instead of network, right? All these things that like are actually fun for me if I think of them that way. And they're much more effective because that's what people want, right? They don't want to be sold or marketed to. Right. And yeah, and that's the thing is when I, 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 if you would have asked me when I was younger, if I was going to be a salesperson when I grew up, I was like, no way. That is the the least noble profession. There's no way <laughs> doing that. Um, and my first day, my first month on the job when I got hired as a salesperson, I'd been in grocery and coffee and, and that whole side of things. And I went to work for one of our suppliers in sales. 
And the first month was our big sales meeting and Jack Carew was there giving the, um, the keynote. And he's like, sales, it's the most noble of all professions. <laughs> like, what? like you're helping people like no matter. And, and it really did shift my mind. And, you know, I went through the whole journey of not being a good salesman and trying to be canned and trying to check all the boxes to where I'm this year has been my focus for the year has really been to hone my sales process, but not from the traditional way in, in this more enlightened way of okay, just just follow up and have conversations. Uh, so so it's helpful. And I would say that I am better at explaining Memorand now that I've worked with it for a few months where I can actually say, hey, this is this is what it does. This is why it's so good for me. And if you are, you know, trying to set up an enterprise system for a VP of sales to 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 micromanage, probably not the best fit. Nope, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't drag me into that. Right. So what is the best way for people to find you and support you and, and find out more? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I'm one of the few Ruben Swartzes, maybe the only one, I don't know. Um, and of course, you can find out a lot more at Mimarin.com, M-I-M-I-R-A-N.com. I've got a bunch of free resources there, like proposal templates and lead magnet concepts and you know website checklists and so on. Awesome. And there are links to all of those things right below, including Ruben's LinkedIn profile. So just click there, click the link to Mimarin, uh, check it out. There's a little, you know, it's, it's super easy. It's, it's the best thing. Um, I, I wanted to get into a CRM and, and honestly, Sarah has been telling me about Memorand for like probably three years now. Like, Oh, I use this one. It's the best. I was like, I'm just not ready to commit. I got to figure it out. And then, um, yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, ah, man, if I would have been doing this two years ago, how much further would I have been ahead? However, you know, we all end up where we're at at the right time. So. Well, thanks, Andy. I really appreciate the kind words and thanks for having me on. Definitely. Before we go, what advice would you give people for something they could do this week to own their awkward? I think almost everybody has some conversation that they know they should have that they're putting off because they feel awkward, especially if it's been a long time since you've talked to that person. And then we get into this vicious cycle of, gosh, it's, you know, it's been six months, so I feel bad calling now, or it's been a year, it's been two years, whatever, right? Like it keeps getting worse and worse. And as an introvert who tried to force myself out of this, I'd say, just give that person a call and just even say, hey, it's been too long. And you can even say, I was listening to a podcast where someone said I should really do this and I've been meaning to and just been held back because I felt awkward about it. And uh, I think by and large, you're going to really enjoy uh, what happens. I, I love that. That's such a such a good call to action. And I love that you point out that we all have that, right? There's and, and the phone goes both ways. So as much as you haven't called the person, you know, don't, they're going to be glad to hear you call at some point, because usually when I've had to say that, oh, it's been too long. The reaction is, I know me too. And we kind of go into this, well, let's, let's not make it so long next time, but it's rewarding if you can just get past that awkwardness and do it. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ruben. It's been amazing. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to more conversations after this and more more journey in the whole making things mega easy and you know and actually authentic thank you thanks andy and everybody else be sure to go out there this week make life easy make those phone calls and as always own your awkward 
Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it.